Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hard and Hosers. I'm Kyle Frozy, and I'm here with Alex Christie. How are we doing today, Alex? Yeah, doing good, doing good. Warm doing summer day. Beautiful day. I think this this might be the nicest day. Might be a nicer day today than we had all of last year. Yeah, this could be the nicest week of the year. It's better than all of last summer. Absolutely. We had like four days of decent weather. Yeah. No yeah. rain. Birds chirping. Oh, yeah. Rode my motorbike over to your place here. We're on the road. Beautiful day for a ride. Yeah. So, today's topic. Today's topic, yeah. I think uh, we're going we're gonna to be touching on suspension. I think it's kind of a it's a black magic black hole for a lot of people, and hopefully we can we can kind of explain it a little bit and help out people setting up their suspension and kind of just give people a little bit more information about it. So I think the easiest place to start is you get those people who jump in and they're like, "Oh yeah, best thing you ever have to do, best money you've ever spent." Yeah. And I don't know. Are you convinced? You're uh, ripping a soccer, but so... you've ridden some other bikes. With custom valving, yeah, yeah, I have. I for me, it all yeah. Four CS Husqvarna. Four CS, yeah. Apparently, they're notoriously harsh, but for me, they work. They work pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's all like cost versus whether it's worth it or not. And I still have a stock four CS, so that's that's my decision, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we we always get into like the farkles and you throw around the idea of. What would happen if you took the money that you spent on X thing to make your bike better and just spent it on gas? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, let's say it's like a thousand bucks to redo your suspension. I mean, that's a lot of gas. That's almost a season's worth of gas. That's got to be a season's worth of gas. I <laughs> hope I don't spend more than that on gas in a season. But if you spent a thousand dollars on gas in a season, like, you're, you're how be, good would you be? You'd be so good. Yeah. And would your suspension instantly jump you? Like, yeah. I don't know. It comes back exactly. to the But. And also, I think it also matters on the ability of the rider as well and what the stock suspension is on your current bike, whether it's an enduro bike or you've got an old two-stroke motorbike. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And whether or not it's kind of the limiting factor where maybe a beginner's not moving fast enough that they're getting tossed or they're transmitting a lot of harshness uh, from stock suspension or, yeah. Yeah, just no, for sure. I think there's so many so many variables, and I think that everyone kind of just has to figure out what they want with their bike and where it's at or how they feel it's at. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you can give us a general rundown on how they work. Yeah, okay. So suspension, uh, we'll start with your rear shock because every bike has these two adjust, well, three adjustments. So you have your low-speed compression, your high-speed compression, and your rebound. So we'll start with rebound because it's the simplest. It really has nothing to do with you as a rider. It's entirely based on your spring rate. So and how it feels differently is you'll get more traction with a faster rebound, so turning the clickers out. When you come into a corner, you'll, it'll be smoother, but you don't want to get that double bounce. You know, Nobody likes a double bounce. But you also don't want to be too planted where it starts to pack up. So your spring doesn't have enough force to extend your rebound pistons. You're hitting repeated bumps. Your suspension starts packing up. Your spring rate's going up, and you're getting harshness. And I imagine it could feel like harshness, like it's not soft enough. Yeah, yeah. But but you need to go the other way. Some, yeah. 
You could need to go the other way <laughs> yeah. if it's too soft. Yeah. Yeah, you can get harshness from too much rebound. And a lot of people are like, oh, aggressive rider, it's getting harsh. You got to turn up that rebound. It's sending stuff, but it's not. It's, realistically, you're packing your suspension. Yeah. But again, you turn it out like, oh, let's turn it right out then. Well, that's not good either because if you come off a jump or something, you'll land and you'll get that second bounce that throws you over the handlebars. I mean, that's exaggerated, but yeah. you get that wallowy feel. For sure. And I think the, the rebound is the biggest mystery for me like i'm most unsure about the rebound portion of it yeah of all of it because to me like for my bike i feel like it doesn't make that much of a difference but i might be riding different stuff when i'm adjusting it i really don't have a baseline and i figure it just muddled together (laughs) oh google google assistant got triggered Oh, she's helping you out with your suspension there, bud. Yeah, we, we, we better let the Google Assistant just not help us out. So, yeah, no, it's difficult. Like, having a consistent feeling where you may want a lot faster rebound when you're riding a lot slower and smoother or more technical stuff. And a lot of trials bikes have almost no rebound. And that's what gives you that bunny hop, like the bike comes up under you. But if you went from that and went to, like, the airstrip and you're just rallying 30 gear single track, that'd be awful. Then you'd want a softer rebound. Yeah, you'd want to tighten it a little because you don't want the bike. You want, when yeah, you, you want it to come. You don't want the second bounce. You don't want yeah. it to be too wallowy. Yeah, yeah. So we want, we want softer with an slower enduro, and faster with some more cross country yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just yeah. a l- small adjustments. The yeah. Race Tech Suspension Bible. Highly recommend the book to anybody who really wants to dive into this by Paul Theed. They talk about how what feels best to you isn't even the most traction. So you can run a little bit softer on the rebound, a little bit faster. Yeah. Clickers out from where you think. Okay. And, uh, you should be a little quicker. Interesting. So that's one thing that I really need to. Yeah, it's one, one to play with. Play with for sure. So the other one that I think is most related to Enduro would be your slow speed compression. And this was an I, I think it was it was the one I felt the most. We have a you a messed little, around with this a lot last summer, I think, right? Yeah, and for me, it was the little rampy jumps. If you had too little slow speed compression in the corners, you couldn't like you know that quick pop, and you send your bike, and you can kind of hop it and yep. kind of start doubling stuff. Yep. When you start tightening up that low speed compression, and all of a sudden that bike just starts leaping off the ground. Okay. On like the yeah the rolly jumps and stuff. I love that. Yeah, but gets harsher because now those little roots and stuff that are going by it's not moving. you're gonna feel that chatter more yeah exactly and oh yeah i found that turning it out too much you lost that poppiness and you just started plowing through stuff and i was actually faster on my test track lap times with less slow speed compression but it was far less enjoyable like there's it was just faster it wasn't more fun and playful yeah so it really depends on what you're going for I really do like them fun and playful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like a little lively, right? I mean, got to have them lively. And then uh, the other one suspension is, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the other one is high speed compression, and this one's a tough one unless you're a pretty aggressive rider. And I've played with it, and I don't feel a lot of it, and even like logs and stuff. So I figured I'd just kind of show, like, throw out a couple numbers on what it takes to actually get onto most high speed. Yeah, please. Circuits. So if you're on a, a YZ250X, that's what this is off. It, it's a suspension travel of 300 inches per second. 
And uh, so that would be a nine inch bump. So let's say you just smoked a nine inch log. You'd have to be going 50 kilometers an hour. Wow. For your high speed to start just burping that oil by and letting your shock kind of Which, collapse. Which, you know, that's, that's almost realistic, I think. Yeah. For that's me, like, like mid second, top a second. Yeah. But just plowing into a log. And nine inches is substantial on the trail. Yeah, nine inches is like mid calf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buckle up. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so in in turning down the log size, if you were to hit a four inch log, which is pretty normal on yep. our trails, you'd have to be going eighty kilometers an hour. Wow! So that's hauling the mail. That's that's moving. And for a two inch log to burp your, yeah, I say burp, it just kind of lets a lot of oil flow by quickly. Uh, One hundred and ten kilometers an hour hitting <laughs> something two inches tall to get on your high speed circuit. Yeah. So I think that's why we don't feel it a lot as enduro riders. Yeah, that might apply more to my bike on the highway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the unique thing in uh, in talking about high-speed compression is motorbikes. So they have almost no low speed or no low speed. Really, it's just the bleeders on their yeah. fork. And that's, they're just like, they don't care about ruts or nothing, and they just base the suspension off of yeah, big doubles. A, well, they're, I mean, 50 kilometers an hour. They're That's probably like a, the slowest, like, yeah, that's that's fair. Right? Like, if you're hauling around a track. Yeah, if you're good at track, I'm sure you could yeah. so, carry speed through that. So just a corners. straight YZ. Yeah. Like, uh, it would have no, almost no low speed compression. It's just really the bleeder. Which is what you changed about my old 06. Yeah. Is you added slow speed, yeah, essentially. So, so we put a crossover shim in there, which gives you low speed on top and high speed on the bottom of the shim stack. And, uh, and this is a good transition onto, like, how shim stacks work. Yeah, we could dive <laughs> pretty far in that. Well, That's a long way. I mean, but we get general. Your clamp uh, really affects your whole shim, high speed, low speed, and your crossover really affects your low speed. And then the number of face shims is kind of the overall stiffness. And you can vary where those transition points and where that kind of 300 inches a second is. Yeah. But, but the idea behind a shim stack is that the oil presses on the yeah. shims and flexes them. Yeah. So you have a, a piston in there. And yep. as your damping rod moves into the cylinder, it displaces oil. That oil that's displaced flows through a piston, and it flexes these very thin 0.1 or 0.15 millimeter up to 0.3 washers. So you have this round washer, usually like a, a YZ 6 mil ID. I can't remember what your base is. I think it's like a 30 or 32 mil yeah, OD, yeah. 0.1 millimeter thick. And it, it flexes like nine of these. When that and that's the dampening. In. Yeah, yeah, and that's your compression, your base valve. So so exciting. Yeah. And, and I think something to keep, I mean, so we're talking motocross bikes have no low speed. And I think they're the biggest candidate for, if you're a rider, the, the, the earlier transitioning would be, like, if you bought an enduro, you may not need suspension because you have high and low speed circuits in your fork and you can ride it and, like, you're having no problem. Do I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your bike will have a high and low speed. On the front? Or just yeah. the rear? Front? Uh, both. Your shock is adjustable yeah. externally for your high and low and rebound. Yeah. And your forks have just compression bleeders, which are your low speed only. And then in your shim stack, you have a high speed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking just my little knobbies on top. Yeah, yeah. So your little knobbies really only adjust your bleed, which is mostly your slow speed. Okay. Which is why I run those things right in. 
Yeah. I yeah, think so I'm like eight it... clicks out or something on my compression. Yeah. So when you're saying you like the poppy feel, that's exactly what yeah. you just described. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We're in yeah. the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. See, send it up right. You didn't even know it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the motorbikes, like, so your suspension works for you and I think well into intermediate to expert Absolutely. riders. Like you're good on, if you have an actual enduro bike. Yeah. And even most of it, I think the cross country bike should be pretty good unless you're doing some pretty technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine like a guy wouldn't have to do a whole lot with enduro, but yeah, with an enduro bike, but for a guy that wants to yeah. bring, bring a moto bike over to the enduro world, then yeah, then you just, you might, only have a high speed yeah. damping circuit basically. And it's going to be so harsh. <laughs> It was uh, so harsh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where the, the like the aftermarket stuff or taking it to a shop, like the race tech kits, if yep. you're handy, they're pretty straightforward, good instructions. Yeah, there's instructions that come with it, like a step by step, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you get more shims than you need and if you can if you have a, if you're technical enough to own a Vernier caliper, you're probably qualified to do it. Oh that, I think that's <laughs> just about everybody. Yeah, well, yeah. Some people still using the old uh, the, the tape measure, guesstimator. Guesstimator. Break out the uh, the ruler. <laughs> if you're that guy, you probably shouldn't do it. Take it to a shop. Yeah, yeah. That's very it's very interesting, and it goes a long ways. Yeah. I think. I think part oh, you of, did you did our buddy Alex's. I heard right. Yeah. So the other one is like the the classic shuffle, and uh, I don't have the numbers here, but I think we pulled like. Uh, a 16 millimeter shim out of the taper and just jammed it up. We pulled out two face shims and yeah. then took a 16 mil and put it up near the top as oh, a crossover. Yeah. So that's just called a shuffle where if you have a YZ. And this was on our, yeah, our buddy's YZ bike with uh, KYB triple S's. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the exact same thing that we did to yours when you yeah. had the YZ. The same thing. Yeah, KYD, kind of, kind of imitated the YZ250Xs. Yeah, it'll give you right? a very, very similar feel. Yeah. And we did some, uh, there's a program out there called Restacker that's really good and it'll plot your damping curves. So we, what we did was we plotted your, uh, sorry, we plotted the YZ250X damping curve. Yeah. And then we played around with shuffling shims in your stack to recreate as closely as possible that same damping curve. And that's all, and that's all free. Yeah. Like a guy doesn't have to, uh, guy doesn't have to spend money to shuffle some shims around. No, absolutely. Shuffle some shims around. Shuffle some shims. Yeah, no, you just, uh, very straightforward. Really, you just need some brake clean and some oil because you got to clean it out. And maybe if you're doing your fork seals and you're draining your oil, this is a good time to poke around in there. Think about it. Yeah. Like here no. we are encouraging people to peel their suspension apart and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just jam a shim yeah. in there. It'll be no problem. Don't worry about it. Yo, it'll be okay. <laughs> make sure yeah, you wipe out the it does filling. make me a little nervous i guess a guy does need suspension tools though like you can't just hop right into it yeah yeah don't, please like I, i've seen a lot of shocks with this or a lot of fork caps especially the triple s's and uh the honda guys the oh, smash it, smash the uh newfie fits all on there yeah the old pipe wrench on the top cap please don't do it <laughs> if you have to do that uh, put the fork upside down in a vise with some soft jaws <laughs> and then get a uh, strap wrench and put it on the fork body. It's oh, wow. so much nicer. Please don't use a pipe wrench. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Anyway, but, Hashtag Hardener Hosers hack. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was some interesting, like, throwing where that high and low speed transition is. Um, recently did some shows we're playing around in there, and they were really neat, but the piston is really small, and I think that's why everyone loves the, the KYB triple S's. It's they have a big, finicky. bigger piston? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, because the uh, shims are bigger, it's a little less finicky, so you can adjust a wider range. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. And do shows come on the old Suzuki two-strokes? Uh, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't done anything Suzuki. Oh. I don't think I've touched a Suzuki since my DR650. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe uh, some Suzuki person, go on the old Instagram, drop a comment on the, the thing and let us know what a, what yeah, absolutely. Suzuki's running for suspension. Yeah, because they've got the Sherco got their frame and swing arm, as we've already said. So they make yeah. good, good bush bikes. Yeah, it's just a matter of that suspension. Yeah, being single stage. And uh, yeah, uh, what else? What and you on? you opted for the gold valve kit on your WPs. Yes. So my Sherco has the open cartridge WPs. Oh, you've and got you've did them both, didn't you? The four CSs I, and yeah, the so open I, cartridge. Yeah, my four CS has race tech mid valves and base valves, and the slow speed fix because there's a bleed hole in there that's too big. And then Good. my Sherco has uh, base valves only because I want to adjust the compression. Again, talking about how rebound is really only influenced by your spring. I don't see a lot of reason to change the piston or uh, my rebound valving on my Sherco. It works pretty good, I think. Yeah, and the and, spring and everything for your weight is is pretty bang on. Yeah, I'm lucky I'm the 75 kilograms that every bike's designed <laughs> around. Yeah, that's perfect. That's real handy. So, yeah. Yeah, so you run, you just... But if you're putting bigger springs in there, I, I would consider them in valve too. And then with Racetech Race site, you find the spring rate. And yeah. then when it generates the shim stack for you, it'll, it'll ask you what your spring rate is and adjust for that. Yeah, I uh, I went for the race tech springs for a two hundred rider, so I cram those in my stock four CSs, and it's probably cringeworthy for a lot of people, but it seems to work. Yeah, I mean, if you're running re- like what we do, rebound on the softer, yeah, it, it works. Yeah, yeah, I think I. Oh, well, I think I might might be only twelve clicks out on my rebound. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that would make sense though, because it's stiffer springs, right? So it's trying to yeah. push the oil through there faster. So you got to slow it down a little bit extra. Yeah. So you don't get the second bounce. Oh my goodness! I don't know if you caught it there. But we did about the most Canadian thing ever too. We used kilograms and pounds in the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fuck Fahrenheit. Yeah, no, nobody likes Fahrenheit. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. How many stone do you weigh? What is under the the crown? We talking river stones or? <laughs> yeah. Was that under the uh, the crowns, crown land, crown, whatever? We're under the queen. Sovereign. What's that called? With like we're like with Australia and stuff. Uh, Commonwealth. Yeah. Boom. We're part of the Commonwealth. You know. Queen knows stone, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder how many stone the queen weighs. <laughs> <laughs> how many stone does a beaver weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
too few. Okay, listeners, it's at this point that we actually experience a technical difficulty in recording this. But what we go on to say is that you should record the number of clickers and where your settings are currently by turning your clickers in, counting the number of clicks until they stop turning. That's turning them clockwise until they stop turning and counting the number of detents. This is your current settings, write them down. We then suggest either going back to those settings, turn your clickers back out, or pull out your factory manual, look up your clicker settings, and go back to uh, what your factory standard is. From here, having a set course, it's about two kilometers long and relatively straight, nothing overly hard technical. We don't want you to be strained. We want it to be very repeatable. So every lap you do, you feel just as good. Now, do one lap on the factory settings, come back in, and then let's say on your fork, you choose your low speed compression on top. Turn your compression in four turns or four clicks, do the exact same lap and come back. How did it feel? Think about it. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go opposite eight clicks. So this should be four clicks the other side of our first lap. Do a lap, come back. Did it feel better or worse? Eight clicks is significant and, and you should feel a difference. I find the one that I, I feel the most of is the slow speed compression on my shock. But you should repeat this, the four clicks. And if you don't feel anything, go eight clicks. Go eight clicks out on uh from your center point and then go 16 back the other way. Anyway, we recommend doing this. We're going to go out on location and go through this procedure with somebody on their bike and get their feedback. How many clicks did it take for them to feel something? All right. Well, sorry about the error and we'll catch you on the next episode.